Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Italian Impact Weekly. My name is Claudio Relsano. Steve Mancini will be back on again next week. But as always, we appreciate all of you listening. We have a very couple of great special guests today. And our first one has been on before. And she is the absolute best. She is the director of the Italian-American program at the Heinz History Center. And she does a lot of things there. And she's a wonderful person. And her name is Melissa Marinero. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you so much for having me, Claudio. All right. Now, uh, as I said, you were on before. But tell everybody again, or the new listeners, what exactly you do at the Heinz History Center with the Italian-American program. I am the director of the Italian American program, and our mission is to preserve, document, and interpret the history and culture of Italian Americans of southwestern Pennsylvania. And we do so through our material culture collections of objects and archives. We also do exhibitions, public programming, publications, and community outreach. Now, was that program around before you got there, or were you the first one? No, it was. Our program has been at the History Center since 1990. So for more than 30 years, we have been doing this work in the community. And how long have you been there? I've been at the History Center since January of 2013, so a little over 10 years. Now, what did you, going into it, what were your goals and uh, to ramp things up? Well, I'll say as an Italian-American whose family immigrated to Western Pennsylvania from Italy, um, I'm very proud to be able to do this work on behalf of the community to make sure that all of our stories are being preserved. And uh, I really just enjoy getting to know different people in the community and finding ways to make sure that we are not just preserving their stories, but also sharing them back with the community because we've seen such wonderful contributions come from Italian-Americans. They don't always get written in our history books. And so part of my goal is to change that, to make sure that when we're talking about Italian history, we're also acknowledging the contributions that our community has made. I I think it's one of the more popular Maybe I'm being a little biased, but I think it's one of the more popular programs and, and, and viewers uh, enjoy everything that you have out there. Do you agree with that? I do. I think that we're we're a significant community in terms of being a large demographic. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't at the insistence of the community and all of the support they have offered to help us fundraise, to help us promote, um, and to share this work because we really are a model for other parts of the United States to show them that it's possible to do this in their communities as well. You know, one of the events that you had uh, last September, I believe it was, was the Bruno Sammartino documentary, which Mm -hmm. was very well attended, obviously. Tell us a little bit about that event. Well, that was a wonderful film screening that we did um, that highlighted not just Bruno's amazing athletic career in wrestling, but it also focused on Bruno's migration story and especially the important role that his mother played mm-hmm. in protecting him and his brother um, as they survived World War II in Italy. Um, so it was a great chance to not just honor Bruno, but to honor his family. And we had uh, his son with us. We were able to also acknowledge his wife. And so it was great to be able to tie 
history and family together. So that was a fantastic event. We had a really wonderful crowd because we did have to take a little break during the pandemic, but I'm proud to say that in 2022, we came back in full force and have had a number of programs. It, it was a great event. The documentary was great and well attended, and I was honored to, uh, to be there for sure. Now, some of the programs or some of the events that we're going to talk about some upcoming events, what was born from your mind, your heart that you came up with? And can you also tell us, maybe give us a hint about some other ones that you actually came up with, if any at all? Sure. Um, You know, I've tried to, with our programming, offer a variety. We do films, we do um, book presentations, cooking workshops, we've had genealogy workshops, we've had musical programs. I, I try to Um, highlight as much variety as I can um, because Italian-Americans have been involved in all different areas, Um, arts and culture, of course, contributions to history. Um, And so for October, people may not know that October is National Italian Heritage Month. And so it's a great month for us to offer different programming. And so we have a couple things going on in October. First, on Monday, October 2nd, we will be inviting back to the History Center author and Pittsburgh native Joseph Bethanti, who is the former Poet Laureate for the state of North Carolina. He's a professor at Appalachian State University, and he will be doing a workshop in the afternoon on memoir writing that's focused on helping Italian Americans write their stories. Mm. Um, So that is going to be held in our library and archives. We will also, in the evening, host Joseph for a free reading from his new book, The Act of Contrition and Other Stories. And this is going to be a nice event because Joseph reflects not just on his family when he writes, but he was born and raised in the Pittsburgh neighborhood of East Liberty. So for anyone who grew up in East Liberty, they're going to recognize a lot of the places and spaces that Joseph references in his work. Now, you also have a big, well, three events, uh, October 5th, 12th, and 19th with the University of Pittsburgh. Talk to us a little bit about that, please. That's correct. We are going to be hosting an Italian Heritage Month film series, and this is sponsored not just by the Italian American Program, but the University of Pittsburgh European Studies Center and Italian Nationality Room, which is a part of the Nationality Rooms and Intercultural Exchange Program. And this series, the series is going to explore transnational histories and connections between the United States and Italy. So we're going to start with our first film, Il Messaggero, on October 5th. Um, some people may have uh, may be familiar with this film. It is produced by Pete Ferraro, whose father was an immigrant uh, from Calabria. He came uh, in 1966, and with him he um, transported messages between the town of San Pietro in Grano and Pittsburgh. Then we will be screening on October 12th, Potentially Dangerous, When It Was a Crime to be Italian. This is about the Enemy Alien Act um, that happened during World War II, where Italian nationals were required to go and uh, register with the U.S. government. And also on the west coast of the United States, we saw some Italian citizens being interned. It's a very little-known history. It's a very powerful documentary that is uh, 
has a lot of testimonies from the children and grandchildren of people who were impacted by this policy. Then finally, on October 19th, we will be screening Our Return to Italy, which is a film by Mary Lou and Jerome Bongiorno about an Italian-American family that is considering moving back to their grandfather's hometown in Lombardy, Italy. And the family is discussing what would it look like if they were to uproot themselves from the United States and return to Italy. Wow. All three of these films will be screened in the Frick Fine Arts Building on University of Pittsburgh's campus in their auditorium. A couple more things, Melissa, that I want to ask you. This is just off the top of my head. Do you have, like during the day or when you're driving home or whatever, do things just pop into your head and you say, you know what, let's give this event a shot? And if that does occur, how many do you have right now that, like on a list, on a piece of paper that you're considering? Sure. Well, that happens all the time. And I have to say we're fortunate because we have a lot of great partners who approach us with ideas. That is how we ended up doing our opera program, which we hosted last June with Samuele Bozzola, where some people may know that he is the grandson of Ezio Pinza and his mother, Claudia Pinza Bozzola was a opera teacher here in town, and he approached us and said, well, what do you think if we collaborate on something? And I said, you have such a great story. Why don't you tell us your family story and also talk to us about your family's impact on opera? And I'd always been wanting to do something about opera since that, of course, is a native art of Italy. And so, you know, sometimes these things spark in my mind. Sometimes they spark when a person comes to us with an idea. Mm-hmm. Another event I'll mention that we have coming up on November 9th with Michael Rosella, um, longtime supporter of the program. Some people may know him because he has been doing photography for many years, and he has recently published a book, Pittsburgh Streets, and it's his photography that he took in the 50s and 60s here in Pittsburgh. A lot of it of his neighborhood of Homewood Brushton that he grew up in, of the Italian enclave there. And so that's another one that for years we've been discussing, how do we highlight Michael's work? And with the book coming out, it was the perfect opportunity to say, well, why don't we do a book release? We will be having Linda Benedict Jones, a curator of photography, who will be in conversation with Michael to talk about his work. And finally, what event or moment can you look back on that struck you that made you emotional or the most proud oh that's a hard one because i can say that you know a lot of it makes me emotional um because it's it's for me very rewarding to see when our audience connects with us and when we are able to do something that creates meaning not just here in the History Center, but that people can go back. And I think for me, it's when people come to me months or years down the road and say, you know, I was at this program, this inspired me to sit down and to write my family story, to think about how we can apply some of what we learned at home. And so for me, those are the moments that that make it all worth it to know that we are doing more than just 
preserving the history in the building, we're making it come to life in the community. And we're also helping those Italian-Americans who have maybe lost family members or lost that connection with the culture. We're helping them find their way back, and we're helping them to discover and explore. So I would say that for, for me, those are the moments that I feel most proud because I can see where all of our energy is working towards creating cohesion in our community and helping to, in a time where we're so divided, helping us to reconnect and unite with one another. If you do not hear this interview on Thursdays, well, on Thursdays, coming Thursday at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., you can always check this interview out on ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Melissa, nobody could do this job better than you. And I hate to call it a job because I know it's more of a passion for you. And, and I've known you for quite a few years now, and I know how hard you work at it and how successful this, uh, these programs are. And I wish you continued success. And I thank you, and I know a lot of Italians thank you for keeping these things alive. And, uh, and I mean that. Nobody's better than you. So congratulations, continued success, and I'm sure. And I owe you a book. I still haven't said i got to give you my book one of these days. I keep saying that. But uh, thank you for all you've done for me personally as well, having my stuff up there, which, which it was a dream come true. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you so much, Claudio. It's always wonderful to be on your program. And thank you to all your listeners for continuing to support the History Center's Italian-American program. All right, Melissa. You take care and thank you for everything. Talk to you soon. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Melissa Marinero of the Heinz History Center. She's a great girl and she really does do a fantastic job. If you've never been there, make sure you go. Whether you're Italian or not, you're going to enjoy the Heinz History Center and you will definitely enjoy that section of the Heinz History Center. So make sure you go and also check out her great events that are coming up. We will be right back with another very special guest, Horatio Petroselli. So make sure you come on back to Italian Impact Weekly. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. Okay, everyone, welcome back. As I said, we have a very special guest, Horatio Petroselli. He is the, uh, one of the owners uh, of uh, the Olive Tap that is in the Strip District in Pittsburgh, but many other spots, which we will definitely get to. Horatio, thank you so much for being on the show. You're quite welcome. All right. You know what? I was doing a little research, and the thing that stood out right away was your dad and his life. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your dad. Well, he was a blue-collar worker. He was a printer, but uh, I never really saw my dad until I was about three years old. He was captured uh, after, the, after D-Day, the day after D-Day, he was a medic, he was wounded, and he spent the rest of the war in concentration camp. And uh, he was quite a guy, and being Italian, he was fortunate 
when he was in the concentration camps, he communicated with the Italian uh, soldiers outside the gate mm. and bartered for food, cigarettes for food. That's probably how he survived. And what did he say about those times? Uh, I mean, sometimes people can be bitter. They could look back on it as life lessons that he would try to teach his children. How was that about? He never talked about it. Really? No, okay. Never talked about it. But I think what he went through and the type of person he was that we experienced as we were growing up has had an impact on my brothers and sisters and I. Sure. Now, what did he do when he did come home after? Everything he was over? a printer. Okay, and you did say that. Yeah, he was a printer. He came back to a job that he had before he went in, and uh, he was in printing business for the rest of his life. But uh, late in, I'd say, late 1950, mm -hmm. he and my mother decided the only way they were going to put six of us through college, or five of us through college, was to get a business, so they opened a pizza shop wow. in Westview. So my brothers and I got a pretty good taste of what it was like to have a business. And sure. So he had a lot of impact on you, Fred. And this show is called Italian Impact Weekly, and he certainly had impact on you. Yes, he did. Good, good. Now... Uh, what part of Italy were you guys from, and was the, the Italian culture uh, pretty prominent in your life growing up? Father was Abruzzo, mm -hmm. and my mother was Calabria. Father was uh, born here in the United States, but my mother was born in Italy. Okay. Came over when she was about 13 years old and put into the first grade because she couldn't speak English. Yeah. And she managed to get through grade school and high school and became a beautician. Wow, so, for her. as I said, between the two of them, they decided that uh, they needed another business, and therefore they opened that pizza shop. Now, we got to mention where your mom's from in Italy. Oh, she's from Calabria. All right, that's good. Okay. It's been crazy how many guests we've had on this show. Abruzzi and Calabria have been the dominant uh, towns. And, again, my family's from uh, Calabria, Cosenza, my dad from Lerner, my mom, Nocera Terinez, so, that, so that's good that uh, – that there's that connection for sure. Now, were you guys raised with an Italian culture? Uh, did they talk a lot about the old country and, and you know, that behavior and, and the foods, of course, and all that, traditions? Oh, yes, a lot of the Italian family traditions. And I was living with my grandmother, as I said, for about three years, and I vaguely remember that she used to package uh, clothing and wrap them in flour sacks and send them to relatives back in that's Italy. right that's right and <laughs> as far as the Italian culture my grandmother and my grandfather um, both had all the all the things that Italian families would do uh, grandfather made wine I can remember going down to the strip district uh, with my grandfather when they would uh, load up a dump truck with grapes and bring them home dump them in the coal cellar and make wine also <laughs> Traditionally, once a year, they bought a pig, slaughtered a pig, and made the uh, Italian supersad. For sure. So that is one of the things that uh, really we did and carried on for a while. I actually made wine for a little bit. But the tradition that we still keep is we make the supersad every year. Sure. We get about six families get together, and we make supersad. Everybody makes between 60 and 120 pounds. That's great. That's great. That must be a great time, though, too. A lot of talking back and forth, I'm sure. Oh, yes. And the other tradition that's always carried on is the Seven Fishes Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. You know, we would have uh, open house at my mother's house, 
and we'd have anywhere from 100 to 150 relatives coming in and out throughout mm -hmm. the night. After my mother passed away and my sister took over the house, we now do it at my sister's house. You know what, though, just you mentioning that and saying that, I can just picture the whole thing. You know, the, the making the, the, the sausage and, and the holidays and just how special it is. I mean, it, it, you can just picture it and paint a picture of it. Am I right? Yep. And the sad part is uh, the generations uh, aren't really open to carrying on those traditions. Oh, oh no. Although we have a couple of uh, other grandchildren. Oh, it takes us a couple. It, and, and, and we do. And the nephews. Yeah. Because they're the ones who are going to have to fork over the money and have the facility to, to do all this, and the other ones will come. So there's a chance, a good chance, that this will continue, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Now, um, as we mentioned, uh, the Olive Tap. Tell us how the Olive Tap came to be. Well, we had the pizza shop, so we had a little bit of uh, uh, exposure to the Strip District, because i got to put the Strip District in there. Sure. As we used to do all our shopping for the pizza shop. So my brothers and I all went through college. Uh, all three of us uh, went into the corporate world. And uh, I myself, about 40 years. My youngest brother, probably about 20 or 30. Second brother, about 40. And each of us, at one point, uh, decided uh, that we needed to do something different. My youngest brother took the initiative and opened up First Olive Tap in Chicago. Second brother opened up one in Ohio, and then the first brother decided, hey, this might be a good idea to franchise. So he started franchising. Uh, at the time, I was in Texas. I had another business down there, and I knew I was going to get back to Pittsburgh eventually. So I told my wife, it's about time to go back to Pittsburgh. And I told my brother about a year ahead of that, uh, don't open up a franchise in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm going back, and I'll open up a store, and it'll be in the Strip. So, again, you're the one in Chicago. He lived in Chicago at the time? The one yes. In, okay. He opened uh, two stores in Chicago, and a third store was a franchise. He eventually sold the Chicago store and moved to Colorado and opened up two in Colorado. Wow. Okay. Now, did you strategically move, uh, strategically have those stores, place those stores in Italian neighborhoods, or no? No, most of the stores... Stores were generally uh, put in places where you had good foot traffic. Okay. A couple failed when they went into things like strip malls. So the two in in uh, Colorado, for example, one is in Colorado Springs. Okay. The other's in Manitou Springs. Uh, the stores in Chicago were in a destination that was uh, popular among tourists. Okay. So it was successful, and. Uh, as I said, my brother decided to close up that operation, move to Colorado. Now we're going to definitely get to your website, but I looked at your website. I've been to your store, obviously, but you have a ton of different products. It's not just olives or olive oil. Tell us a little bit about a, a lot of those products. Well, first of all, we have about ninety different olive oils and balsamic vinegars, but I'm I'm big on supporting local. So there's a section in our store that we have. Uh, products from local producers, barbecue sauces, um, pickled garlic, things like that. And then there's another section of the store where we do some imports. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, a number of imported products from Italy. Probably the most popular one is a company called Maravato, and it's a whole line of what we call one-pot meals. 
risottos and pastas. Okay. They've become very popular. And I was going to ask that too. Where, where where did you get some of your stuff? So you, you stole my thunder there. But um, what is the most popular? Is it the imported stuff or the local stuff that gets uh, the most interest here at the Strip? It's probably both because a lot of people come in. They're doing their shopping for the weekend or they're doing their gift shopping. And because there's a variety of products, there's no one product really uh, or product line mm -hmm. exceeds the other. Okay. Now, one thing I asked you, if you strategically place these uh, places in Italian neighborhoods, but in a way that was a dumb question because everybody loves Italian food, no matter what it is. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our wonderful sponsors. But also, uh, if you miss this show, uh, you can hear archives of the show on www.italianimpactweekly.com. And we've had such great guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo. And on October 12th, we have former NC State point guard who played for Jim Valvano, who was one of the all-time great uh, point guards and one of the top assist leaders. He's now a real estate, uh, uh, very successful in real estate in North Carolina. Chris Corciani, he'll be a great guest. I was a huge fan of his. And on Thursday, November 2nd, Vince Papali, the subject of the movie Invincible, former NFL player with the Philadelphia Eagles. Vince is a great guy, and we can't wait to have him on. And for comments and questions, please continue to send your great comments and questions to questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And to hear uh, Steve's show that, that I do along with him, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini, please go to www.crsmmedia.com. Some of the topics that we talk about, funnels of income, dealing with rejection, dealing with loss, failure, impactful shows that we want to, as I said, to have impact on your business life and your personal life. Empire Media Ventures, if you want to host your own podcast, we will definitely help you uh, with that. Please go to crsmmedia.com and e you can email me at relsano16 at msn.com. Don't forget about my show, The Claudio Relsano Show on claudiorelsano.com. Guests have included Ken Griffey Sr., Jerry Cooney, Roman Gabriel, Dick Vermeil, Al Oliver, Rocky Blyer, Sabreem, Jim Rooker, a lot of great guests and some friends of mine. Some other friends of mine talking sports uh, topics of the day. The other podcast I do, Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association Show. Go to pa-bca.org or crsmmedia.com. And my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at Robinson Township, Barnes & Noble, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and at claudiorelsano.com. Right back with our very special guest, Horatio Petroselli. Okay, Horatio, you know, we kind of talked about it before. A lot of baseball fans here in Pittsburgh. Your last name, Petroselli. Rico Petroselli. I asked you if you were related to him. Uh, star with the Boston Red Sox of the 60s and 70s. And you are. Cousins. Yes, he's a cousin. Yeah, yeah. Now, were you a fan of, did you follow his career and all that? Yes, he did, of course. Okay. He had a, he had a nice career. To, yes, he to, did. To say the least. Okay. What, uh, what, what, what made your, the brothers, the Petroselli brothers, decide to, again, franchise to, uh, to, to spread it out, and what were some of the obstacles to make it the success it is today? Well, as I said, it, there was an interest in getting in, doing something on our own as opposed to working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a great career. I actually, all three of us had a great careers working for corporations. But and, and what did you do? Well, I started in the chemical business and rose to the top of a medical diagnostic company. Wow. So it was a great career. 
and uh, as great as it was, I still wished I'd had something like the Olaf Tap, maybe when I was about 50 years old. Okay. Now, what from that world helped you become a success in the Olive Tap business, that world? Well, I've had the experience of running a sales organization, the marketing department, general, my operations, producing products, how do you get them to market, budgeting, the whole thing. You need that if you open a small business. Mm -hmm. And you either learn it as you go or you have it going in. So my only problem that I had to open the Olive Tap was finding space. That's it. (laughs) Space is a premium in the Strip, and the Strip is the only place, in my opinion, that you could have a successful Olive Tap. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't so much. I mean, I had the capital. I didn't have to go out and raise money, uh, even though part of my career I spent raising money (laughs) for companies. But um, so I had everything I needed, and my brother did a really good job of setting up the franchise. I mean, the, the manual, uh, all the sources where you get the products, he did all of that. A little bit of the differentiation with the Olive Tap that he was able to do, unlike a lot of stores like ours, we have a number of suppliers. We don't depend on any one. So that gives us a lot of flexibility on the different products that we bring in. And from year to year, we don't stay with the same sources all the time, especially with olive oils, because olive oil from one producer one year isn't necessarily going to be as good as it was prior year. Mm. So we may take a particular hybrid of uh, olives that are used to make olive oils and switch from one producer to another. So each of you has, like for 2023, you have the same producer and then you decide, hey, we're going to change next year, or does it vary? Well, it varies, and each store has the flexibility among all of the suppliers. Once the supplier's approved, uh, the next thing is that the all, the extra virgin olive oils mm-hmm. have to go through an approval process where my brother actually goes through uh, all the specifications and the tasting, and then the stores can select from those approved products. Do you do that as well for your store, or you base it off what he does? No, I do it myself also. As a matter of fact, not myself, my staff. Okay. Uh, If we decide uh, we want to look at another product or for another vendor, we bring it in and we all taste, we all look at it, determine whether or not we want to bring it in. Now, I mentioned obstacles. Again, what are some of the other obstacles that you go through, and how do you deal with them? Because everybody, it's one thing we all have to deal with is adversity slash obstacles. Well, the biggest, How do you do it? Yeah, the biggest problem that we've ever had, of course, was the supply chain problem that hit us within the last three years, sure. starting with COVID. Uh, getting the products in from other countries, as well as getting products that are produced in the United States. We do olive oils from California also, not just uh, other countries. So the supply chain has always been a difficult thing. Um, Right now we're going through a change with our computer system because the uh, software that we had is being, it's obsolete, not being continued. So we're in the process of converting over. That's a long, tedious task when you have something like uh, four or 500 different products. Mm. Now you said staff, and obviously you're the leader, leader of that staff. What would you say your leadership philosophy is? I learned a long time ago that you give people a rope and let them make mistakes. Okay, very good. I I 
I have some good people, so I'm pretty comfortable that uh, if I give them an assignment or I don't show up at the store for days or weeks at a time, that they take care of business. Well, isn't that the most important thing? You know, the old thing in real estate was what? Three most important things are real estate, good location, good location. Good. And I used to say the three most important things in business or coaching or life was good people, good people, good people. But I've changed that to the right people, the right people, the right people. If I, I think I'm a good guy, but if you ask me to do what our producer, Joe Hill, does, uh, you got the wrong guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'm right for this, wrong for that. So obviously you have the right people. How many people do you have underneath? You said staff. How many people would you say? Right now we have four. Okay, good, good. Now um, talk to us again about the Strip District, and, and obviously it's a great spot for, for the Olive Tap, and I agree with you, the only spot, it fits right in. And then when I told my daughter Ida that I was going to have you on as a guest, oh, that's great, I love that store. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, how the other stores help you and how you help them with that theme of Italian uh, products. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the Strip is a place where people go to shop, and it's it's routine. It's either once a week, once a month, mm -hmm. or for the holidays, and it's not just Allegheny County. They come in from Maryland. They come in from West Virginia. They come from faraway places. And when they come in, they're doing the shopping. And most often, people come in our store, they have their grocery bags, from any one of about five sure and our bags also when they go into those other stores so you know we identify with a number of stores in the strip and i can mention them no nope. you're the, whatever you want you know pen mac is probably one sure. of the biggest draws in the strip mm -hmm. and we have people that come in our store from pen mac from penzies from woolies uh, it's you know we're among probably six stores where a group of people come to those six stores. Now, what is that new, uh, all those new stores that they That's put? the terminal building. Terminal building. How has that helped you, well, your business? Well, the hope is that the terminal building is going to draw more people into the city. A younger group? It's, well, the stores that are going there are pretty diverse, uh, that appeal to a lot of different things, between the restaurants, uh, things like... Uh, Mayweather Boxing, I saw that. There's boxing, there's a nail store, mm -hmm. there's a pharmacy that's supposed to come in. Uh, Pip and Lowe's, Lowe's, it makes candles. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a pretty wide range of products that are going in there, and they've done a great job of promoting. Mm -hmm. So the hope is that it's going to draw more people down to the Strip. But the interesting thing is what's bringing a lot of people into the Strip shopping are the people that are moving into the Strip. I mean... I was going to mention that, yeah. There are so many people that are moving down there, and the building is still going. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of our customers live in the Strip. Well, I was going to ask you that. How has, before I ask you the other question about the Strip, but how has the Strip District changed over the years, uh, in your opinion? And obviously, that's one of the things. It hasn't changed much, except oh, yeah. for the terminal. Oh, that's it? And and the buildings that people are, are living there, too. That wasn't really the well, case. Well, that construction ago. residential, yes. Yeah. That, that's different. But when you come in the Strip, you don't see that. Okay. You come in the sure. Strip and you walk down the streets in the Strip, you're in the Strip, you don't see anything else. Yeah. That hasn't changed with the exception of the big concrete building that, right. that, that has been there for years that has taken the last two years to demolish, and they're still working <laughs> they're on still it. They're still working on it. That, that is the thing that really is the only thing you noticed that changed on there. Now, you've traveled all over the place. 
Name me another place similar to the Strip District in Pittsburgh. Little Italy and Boston. Oh, in Boston, okay. <laughs> I lived there for about eight years, so that was an enjoyable place. Uh, let's see. What's the famous place in Italy they always talk uh, Not in Italy, in New York they always talk about the Little Italy. Oh, Little Italy in New York, of course. Yeah, of course, I, yes. I would say that, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been in New York in so long, but I used, because I lived in New Jersey, I lived in Connecticut, uh, it was pretty easy for me, and New Jersey, Connecticut, Eastern Pennsylvania, it was pretty easy for me to get in, and Little Italy was about once a month. Let me ask you this, what I'm getting to, the Pittsburgh Strip District, can it hold its own against Little Italy, New York, Little Italy in Boston, Little Italy in Connecticut? Yes, it can. I bet it does. I bet it does. Yes, it can. You know, I still remember, what's that place called? Strom Stumboli's or something like Stumboli's, that. they're so still down there. I learned how to whistle there when I was a little kid. I learned how to snap my fingers there. And every time I go there, that wooden floor, I, I can tell you the, the spot that mm -hmm. those things happen, right? And obviously all, all the other stores. But that's the thing that I wanted to do for my daughter is bring her there, not just a place to go shopping and you know, get some food. A tradition, obviously we go there during the holidays. In the summer we'll go there. And it's just the atmosphere uh, and, and, and your store is part of the atmosphere. Do you, do you agree with the atmosphere of that strip district? Oh, yes. And we, we get a lot of compliments about the store, the, the decor, the location, the, right, build, exactly. the building itself. Right. But I have to say, all the places that I live, different cities, different states, people would say, oh, you're from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. They'd say, let's say somewhat negative things. And I'd say, well, it's not so bad. It's a lot different uh, today. But... If you ever go to Pittsburgh, there's a couple of places I'm going to tell you to go. Mm. One is the Strip District, and the second is go up on top of Mount Washington. Oh, yeah. That's where my wife's from, up top of Mount Washington. Let me ask you this. Now, uh, I'll be 59 in a couple of weeks. So I, the, Italians, uh, the Italians, when they came here to the States, and let's just narrow it down to Pittsburgh, it kind of stopped. The big influx kind of stopped in the mid-'70s, okay? Um, so now there's a new people new 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 people coming to the strip district it's not the old time italians anymore is it still pretty busy there as always or is, is it slowed up a little bit or no it's still busy uh the people are coming in as i said in our business for example uh we get a lot of the offspring of the old italian families mm -hmm. but we get a huge amount of tourists i mean and that's all ages i mean mm -hmm. we, we get people in their 70s and 80s that oh. come in to visit uh, and whoever they're visiting brings them down to the strip and brings them into the store. I'll tell you what I've noticed too during a Steeler game uh, if it's Monday Night Football you get people like if they're playing Cleveland or if they're playing Houston you know you have fans coming here to watch the games and they all go to the strip there so they wear their team colors or you overhear them and again it, it makes you proud because there's not. I've been to a lot of places too Baltimore has a nice uh, Italian section, obviously, but for me, for my money, just maybe because I have more memories there, but just an unbelievable well, experience. During those football games, not only do you see Steeler fans, but you see fans from the opponents. Right, that's what I meant, yeah. They yeah, come yeah. down there, as I mean, you see the jerseys That's right. from all of them. And, and hockey's another one. I mean, you, the, yeah, yeah. During hockey season, people are down the strip with, you know, the Penguin jerseys on. Since we're talking about sports a little bit, Name some of the famous people that have come your way, your store. You know, I don't, I don't think any have come into the store. None. That oh, I bet you they have. Maybe you didn't notice it, but 
they may have come in that I didn't notice, or they may have come in when I wasn't there. Okay. Because I, I don't spend a lot of time at the store. I'm, I'm behind the scenes. And, and when you say behind the scenes, what do you do every day? It's all the administrative stuff, you know, ordering, checking inventories, financial stuff. My wife does all of the accounting, and uh, she's the other partner in the business. Sure. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, basically personnel. Okay. Take and where care. do you do it from? Either home or in the back room. Okay, so you don't store. know who's coming in and who's coming out, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, what other products are you looking to bring in, if any? I think we're pretty well You have fixed. a ton of stuff. We, we, Name some of them if you don't mind. You have nuts. You have not just... Well, we have, as I said, barbecue sauces, yeah. pasta sauces, gluten-free pastas, uh, sea salts, Sea salt, yeah. Olive wood products, a whole host of olive wood products that are very popular during the holiday season. Ceramics, you know, dipping dishes and things like that. Um, do, do you agree that the dipping dishes make a difference with the dipping oil? No. You don't think so? No. I, I think it does. I, I, what was I eating? Uh, oh, you know what? You're going to laugh at me. Cranberry juice. I love cranberry juice. I think it tastes better with a ceramic cup than it does with a glass. Don't ask me. Uh, Howard Schultz, the guy from Starbucks, he, he said that the, the, well, the, when he was in Italy, went to a coffee bar, he said that the coffee tasted differently in a, this material than it did that material. Well, we have olive wood dipping dishes and ceramic. Okay. We have a couple ceramic dishes that are kind of neat because if you put oil in and you put a balsamic vinegar in, it separates them, and they have a fancy design. Yeah. So maybe that makes them taste good. Okay. Our producer, Joe Hill, agrees with me. So if Joe says it's good, it's good. Now, are you looking to do more expansion yourself? Not really. Uh, at my age? Ah, you're good. You're still good. How about uh, PR-wise? What else do you do? Do you do a lot of shows? Do you do a lot of interviews? Uh, what do we you do, do a lot of uh, farmer's markets, seasonal farmer's markets. Do you do one in Swickley at St. James? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the markets probably drive a lot of people to the store. Okay. And it, what is next for you? Just ramp up what you're doing or, or you know, what, what I is I just want to keep growing. I mean, I, I want to grow 5 to 10% a year. Mm. And it's either through the same customers buying more products or bringing more products in for the same customers. Sure. I'm short on space. If I had more space, I'd bring more products in. Are you so you're not looking to get a little more space? You're no. good right where you are. No, if we had more room in the building, because you know, it's it's a pretty, it's a difficult thing to relocate. We originated uh, in the Pittsburgh public market. We've been there for about three years, till they closed down. So we were out of business for three years. Mm. While it took me that long to find a place, then get the place built out, uh, not a lot of fun. And sure. it's a big interruption to both uh, the staff, the customers. So I'd like to just uh, grow where we are. And forgive me, do you own the building that you're in? No, we rent. And how long have you been there? We've been there about eight years. Now oh, that's that, right, you did tell me. Yeah, that, that okay. building that we were in used to be a nightclub. And uh, our uh, landlord, uh, Tony DiCio, who owns a building down where Kaya is, he saw that building and his vision <coughs> was to get that building and restore it. And he gutted the building. I mean, the building literally had beautiful brick and oak in the front that was painted black. Mm. And he 
put new oak floors in throughout the two-story. He renovated the courtyard, um, and he himself put businesses in that building in the upstairs. Okay. Uh, it's a two-story building. The tenants downstairs, um, two of us were actually anchor stores in the Pittsburgh public market, and we found uh, what's called the PA market, that's the building. We find it together and moved down there. Actually, uh, the uh, East End Brewery was also one of the three. There's four storefronts there, but and three of us were in the original Pittsburgh Public Market. East End Brewery since moved out. Now you mentioned the old customers buying more. Does your staff kind of pay loose attention? This guy's never been here before. This family has never been for like like is it 70 30, 80 20 the the old old customers that keep coming back and the new ones. My staff has a great skill in introducing products to existing customers that have been not buying that particular product. Call it upselling if you want to call it anything. And how do they do it? If somebody comes in and is they know the customer or they don't know the customer, but they do know or find out their particular interest in cooking or salads or whatever, and they know they've been buying a particular product, they basically say, have you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we get a new product, obviously, a, a, a new flavor of an oil or vinegar, when those customers that have existing customers come in, they introduce that new product and they give suggestions on what to do with it. All right. Now, before we get to your great website, um, now we talked a little bit off the air. Olives are healthy. Everything you sell there is very good for your health. Am I right? Yes. Talk to us a little bit about that in our final minutes. Well, what I like to talk about is our extra virgin olive oils, which probably is only about 20% of the olive oil and balsamic vinegar business. But we have a wide range of olive oils that have various levels of antioxidants. Mm -hmm. And it's the antioxidants in the olive oils that contribute to the flavor, the health benefits, and the ability to cook at high temperatures. So if you come into the store, there's about nine different uh, extra virgin olive oils, 100%. And they all have different flavor profiles, but the key is the antioxidant level. We call them polyphenols. So each of the tanks that you look at has a description of the product, and it has a polyphenol count. The higher the count, the higher the antioxidant level. Okay. And finally, tell us about that great website, how people, your address, the website itself. Yeah, the website is not your typical e-commerce website. It's an e, it's a information website sure is so you can go to the website you can see the products you see the prices you see suggested uh, recipes which we're trying to increase i like this i like the recipes okay (laughs) and it basically directs you to either email us your order or call us Uh, and the reason for that is the franchise uh, does not allow us to do e-commerce there is a olive tap business that has the rights to e-commerce Okay. It is a great website. I do enjoy the recipes. And uh, I guess I urge, and the address, real quick. www.olivetappittsburgh.com. Uh, oh, and the address, physical address. Physical address, address is 108 19th Street. And it's between um, 
Penn Avenue and Smallman Street. If you go out our front door, catty corner to the right is Sinceres. You know what, Horatio, it was, it was great having you on the show. People definitely have to go to your place. And if they've been there before, keep going there. And uh, I know we love it. And, uh, you, well, you, you might not be seeing this, so you'll be in the back, but we'll be there. Okay, thank you. All right, brother, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back in a minute. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know, and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. Okay, welcome back to Italian Impact Weekly. Hope you enjoyed both of our guests, Melissa Marinero of the Heinz History Center. Again, great girl who does a lot of great stuff there. And I'll repeat, one of the biggest thrills of my life was when I was asked to donate my, my shirt, a hat. Um, there's a trophy. I've told this story before. I walked in one time, and there's my trophy that we won, a trophy named after my parents, the Orlando and Ida Rilsano baseball classic that we won. Uh, that we've won every year at CMU, which we better, but it's very prominently displayed in the trophy room at the Heinz History Center. It's right next to Dan Marino's Dapper Dan uh, Award, so that means a lot to me. And my, as I said, my uniforms up there and stuff like that. So it's really, really special. But you have to go see it. Uh, a lot of great stuff. And then our other guest, Horatio Petroselli of the Olive Tap. He gave a lot of great information, and there's a lot of great food there. Everything on the Strip District is good. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Now, a few updates. I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but we lost a doubleheader this weekend against Penn State Shenango. We didn't do real well, but uh, we missed a few players. But we have a good group. Uh, we start conference play, matter of fact, against Robert Morris, where we are taping right now, October 21st. And uh, I'm expecting us to have a nice season. Uh, we have a few injuries right now, but hopefully we'll be all right by then. Special group, as always, and uh, looking forward to that. We have another game this weekend against Penn State Shenango at Pullman Park at Butler this coming Saturday, starting at noon. If you get a chance, come on out and see us. We had a nice turnout at Penn State Shenango uh, this past week, so come out and see us. Very special news. Uh, as you know, I'm the uh, host of the Boxing Authorities, along with two, two wonderful, wonderful people that I love doing shows with, love being with, Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. Well, we were nominated for two Greater Pittsburgh Cable Awards uh, this year, Best Series and Best Sports Show. And uh, I really, really hope that we win it because uh, there's, I, I do a lot of things. And I, I'm blessed and grateful to be doing all the things that I do. But doing stuff with those guys makes it uh, that much more special. And I hope we win, I hope we, uh, win those awards. We, I, I've said this numerous times. You can call it cocky. Call it what you want. It's boxing's best TV show. We don't sit there and say, oh, he threw a jab, he threw a right. No, we, we're informative and we're entertaining. Uh, even though Jim's wrong most of the time, he's entertaining. And, and we have a great time. And 
a lot of the e- we get emails from all over the world, and people the one constant thing that we get is that our 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 relationship jumps through the TV, and, and it does. And uh, I'm very blessed to have those guys and call them uh, not not friends, but they're brothers to me. And uh, so the event is October 19th at uh, the old Allegheny Center Mall in nor- in the north side. I believe it's called Nova now. And uh, 7 to 9.30, you can get tickets. Go to pctv.org. Uh, only 10 bucks. So, uh, but like I said, with all the uh, great Pittsburgh cable shows, I think Robert Morris is one of them. And uh, But uh, hopefully we win this year. Uh, also, I will be a part of the Columbus Day Parade. I will be in the parade itself, which is nice. So I appreciate that. And um, again, if you miss our show on Thursdays, on 102.1 FM, WKHB Radio, or 6.20 AM. Go to ItalianImpactWeekly.com and check out the archives. We've had such great guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo. We're going to have, on October 12th, former NC State point guard Chris Corciani, who played under Jim Valvano. Uh, Chris, I believe he was the first uh, guard to ever record a thousand assists and if you can think about that some of the great point guards in NCAA history and he was the first one he's very successful in real estate in North Carolina he's a great guy and we'll definitely talk about his real estate business his years at NC State and of course we got to mention Jim Valvano on Thursday November 2nd Vince Papali the subject of the movie Invincible will be on Vince is a great guy has written several books and his movie uh, starring uh, Mark Wahlberg, I believe, yeah, uh, was, a, was a hit, and it's a great show. And Vince is a great guy, so you'll definitely love uh, that interview, that show. If you have any questions or comments, please uh, send it to questions at italianimpactweekly.com. And our other show, which will be on next, uh, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Rosano and Steve Mancini. You can listen to that show on www.crsmmedia.com. Some of the topics we talk about, different funnels of income, dealing with rejection, dealing with loss, failure. It's a show that I've always wanted to do uh, to have impact on people because so many have had impact on my life and I, we would like to have impact on others telling our stories. Uh, something you'll see on that uh, website, Empire Media Ventures. If you want to host your own podcast, get in touch with us. At uh, You can t- just get in touch with me at my email, relsano16 at msn.com. We will help you with that. And my show, The Claudio Relsano Show, you can listen to that at claudiorelsano.com. Such great guests have been Ken Griffey Sr., Al Oliver, Jerry Cooney, Dick Vermeil, Rennie Stennett, God rest his soul, he's a great guy. I loved Rennie. Rocky Blyer, Sid Bream, Jim Rooker, Robin Cole. Uh, we've had a lot of great guests on that show. And the, uh, the other show I do, the Basketball Podcast, the Pennsylvania Basketball Coaches Association Podcast. You can check that out on crsmmedia.com. And finally, my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at Barnes & Noble and Robinson Township, barnesnoble.com. Amazon.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, our great publisher, and my website at ClaudioRelsano.com. As always, we appreciate you listening. Next week, Steve Mancino will be back. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop.